0: Welcome back, holy readers. This is Jasmine with Holy Holy. Episode four. Can you believe we're four episodes in now? Let's talk this week about um, Exodus 3 through 22, Psalm 21 and 12, Luke 22 through 24, and Acts 1 through 4. This covers January 22 through 28. So when we started Exodus now Jacob's family is in Egypt and they got there through God's favor through working uh, with Joseph and that Pharaoh at the time So from the time that the children of Israel get into Egypt to the time that we pick up this story 400 years has passed and now Israel is enslaved Exodus has two movements, so Exodus 1 through 18 talks about the Exodus from Egypt. Moses arises, the ten plagues, the children of Israel leave Egypt. And then you've got Exodus 19 through 40, which focuses on Israel's time at Sinai. Uh, In chapter 2, verse 3, Moses' uh, mother puts him in a basket. This is so great. It's so cool because that word for the basket that she put him in is the Hebrew word teva. And the only other time that it's used in the entire Hebrew scripture is Noah's ark. The word for ark is teva. So, Moses' mother put him in a little ark with pitch covered on it into the waters for Moses' salvation. The same way that Noah got into a teva covered with pitch into the water for his salvation. Isn't that so cool? Moses' uh, Pharaoh's daughter, she goes to the river and we see her bathe in that Nile. It's very interesting because at that time in history... The Egyptians had indoor plumbing in their palace. So why would she go out into the river to bathe? There are several ideas. It may be a ritual washing but maybe she was trying to subvert the edict that her father had released about killing the Hebrew children because she knew that the Hebrews were going to throw their children into the Nile for their demise. So it's very possible that she went down to the Nile to rescue one of those babies. And of course we know that she did. The writer of Exodus is amazing to highlight wonderful women that God used for the salvation of the nation of Israel. The first women that we see are Shifra and Pua. These are the midwives. And in the actual Hebrew language, uh, in, in, our, in our translations, it says that they were Hebrew midwives. But the way that it is in Hebrew, we don't know if they were midwives to the Hebrews, like Egyptian women that were midwives to the Hebrews, or were they Hebrew midwives. We don't know. But what we know is that God used them extraordinarily to rescue Hebrew children. Then we see uh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh's daughter. We see Moses' mother, and then we see Moses' sister. God used all of those women. But what's really interesting to know is that God would give those Hebrew midwives names when he doesn't name Pharaoh. We don't know what Pharaoh's name is at this time. We don't know um, Moses' mother's name or his sister's name right here in this narrative. But God highlights and honors the midwives. We also see a theme of Moses' dual identity. He's born a Hebrew, but then he's raised as an Egyptian. He's nursed by his Hebrew mother, but then he's raised by his Egyptian mother. Then these, uh, this Egyptian and Hebrew fight, and Moses decides to defend the Hebrew and kills the Egyptian. Later on, he goes to um, Midian, and he waters the flocks, and they say, some Egyptian watered our flocks, but he was a Hebrew. later on in the in the burning bush we see in verse 3 chapter 3 verse 6 God comes to him and he says I am the God of your father so interesting because he uses father singular and then he says Abraham Isaac and Jacob in the past he has said fathers but he says father because he wants Moses to ask who is my father. And then later on this culminates in chapter four, verse 26. It's a very odd little narrative. Uh, Moses and his wife are going back to Egypt and they're going to free the the Israelites. But on the way it says God tries to kill him. And uh, his wife, Zipporah, Moses' wife, she circumcises someone. We're not sure if it was Moses or if it was Gershon, their son. And then she lays um, this offering at somebody's feet, either Moses' or Gershon's or God's. We don't really know. The wording is very unclear. What we do see is that Moses and Zipporah decide to be circumcised. Moses is circumcised and Zipporah does it. And so, Through circumcision, they decide we are not Egyptian, we are not Midianite, we are in fact Israelites and we are going to save the Israelite people. Can I tell you that until you know who you are in Christ, I don't believe that you can ever be fully successful in the purpose that God has called you to. God has an identity for you. You are his son. You are his daughter. You are called. You are the apple of his eye. And when you rest, when we rest in the identity that God has given us, then we can fulfill all that God has called us to. Uh, We see in chapter 3, verse 4, the burning bush. And it says, when Moses turned aside and when God saw that Moses turned aside, that's when God called to Moses. I believe God is calling some of us today to turn aside and to see the things that God has for us. Then we see God call Moses and Moses protests five different times. He protests five different times but God's will still prevails. Then uh, one of the difficult things is that we see that God hardens Pharaoh's heart. It's very important then to read this succinctly and in an order because at first we see that Pharaoh's heart grows hard, and then God sends the five plagues. Then Pharaoh hardens his own heart. So Pharaoh is doing this to himself. And then God sends the next five plagues, and God hardens Pharaoh's heart. So here's what we see. that. Pharaoh resists God's chances to come and to humble himself and to repent. So when God sees that, uh, that Pharaoh is not going to relent, that he's not going to repent, then God uses Pharaoh's evil and turns it to work for God's good and God's purpose. We're introduced um, into the ritual of Passover when Israel leaves Egypt and they place the, the blood on the doors and we know that Christ fulfilled that and he became the Paschal Lamb. And we see that in some of our reading in Luke chapter 22 when Jesus recounts the Passover to his disciples and institutes the first communion. We know that Pharaoh killed the Hebrew babies, so then the last plague, God kills Pharaoh's son and um eugene peterson he writes something so wonderful when it then talks about the red sea he says that that moses stood as the midwife as the children of israel were birthed through the sea of the waters and birthed into a nation i thought that was beautiful Uh, chapters 16 through 18 we begin the wilderness and we see God give them manna to eat and then their hearts are so hard they're saying we wish we could go back to Egypt and there's a parallel between are their hearts as hard as Pharaoh's chapters 19 through 24 is God's covenant with Israel and we'll talk more about chapter 19 next week Luke 22 through 24 let's move on to Luke we see the death burial resurrection and ascension of Jesus and Luke Um, sows this seamlessly into his next book which is Acts which begins with the ascension. Luke is is a master writer. When Acts opens with the ascension, um, then we see Pentecost. And Pentecost is the reunifying of people from the Tower of Babel. Remember at Babel they had one language where one people, God scatters them and gives them multiple languages. And then at Pentecost, God reunifies all of these peoples from all over the place and gives them one language. I love you so much. I hope that you're enjoying this. Write into me, Jasmine at Regeneration Nashville. Keep reading. God bless you. See you next week.